Well, welcome to View from the Press Box. Brad Hallier and Scott Hogan with you. Well, we move on to the opening night of the high school basketball season here on the Ad Astra Sports Network. Let's look at our games on Friday night. Um, Brad, I'm supposed to have the Lions schedule this year with Doug Higgins taking the the, the season off, but Lions and Ellsworth uh, was postponed, so Lions won't start until next week but boy they slid in a nice game for me i've now got sterling at hillsboro on 94.7 and these are two very intriguing matchups because all four of these teams involved pretty much return everybody from last year's teams when the girls matchup uh sterling last year was 20 and 3 they lost to garden plain in the opening round of the state tournament the Hillsborough girls went 14 and nine. They lost in the sub-state finals and it, Hillsborough girls really turned it on in the second half of the season last year. They've got everybody back. Sterling, everybody except Kayla Morris um, won't play maybe at all this season. It'd be late in the year if she can come back from a knee injury. So the one concern for Sterling is they're only about six deep. So this becomes, that's a really intriguing six o'clock game on Friday between those two girls teams. Yeah, it's going to be a great start to the season when you get a, a, a season opener like that. Uh, you know, both teams have had a few weeks of practice, and I think that it, it, you know, we actually got a lot of good games here to start out the season with, but this this is going to be one of them. And then on the boys' side of things, uh, Sterling boys, they were in the semifinals last year of state, and when the pl- plug got pulled, they were 20 and four. Hillsborough was 15 and nine. And if I've read the, the schedules, right, I believe they were supposed to play each other in the semifinals of state last year. And again, they're both um, back just basically reloaded with the same teams. Both have most of their scoring back. Uh, you got Tyus Wilson, of course, for, for Sterling is just, you know, an unheard of athlete. So, wow, this, this second boys, second game of the night could be just as good or even better than the girls game. I tell you what, uh, you, you get you you drew the the, the good uh, end of the stick here this week. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, we want to get to see lines as much as possible this year. But if not, uh, boy, to 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 get a doubleheader of this magnitude, I don't think you could ask for a better start to the season for both Sterling, Hillsborough, and you yourself. Yeah, I was thrilled when uh, Aaron sent me this schedule that this was the game. Uh, they did play each other last year. The boys' game went to Sterling, forty-seven, forty-two. Girls game went to Sterling as well, uh, 58 to 40. I would anticipate that girls game to be uh, much closer this year, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the boys game is um, very close, one or two possessions. So I'll be very excited to get over there on Friday night on 94-7. 95-9, girls game only, Bueller at Nickerson. Bueller went uh, 14 and 9, made kind of a surprise run to state last year nickerson boy they were loaded last year they were 21 and 2 they matched up in the opening night of the state tournament nickerson um, winning handily 61 to 36 Uh, nickerson we know that they're going to return ava jones they've got um Josie McLean and also I believe one of the Anchus, the younger Anchus girl Kieran Anchus too Kieran Anchus back for nickerson um i I believe Bueller a little bit more senior oriented last year. Uh, 
my question, I know for Nickerson right offhand will be their depth this year. Um, they weren't very deep last year. And can they, with a couple of graduations, can they, can they go seven deep or, or even an eighth player into their bench um, to be able to, to be really have their legs under them in the second half? And Bueller, can they have some young players step up early, especially in this tough opener on the road? Yeah, probably going to be a rebuilding year for the Bueller girls. Uh, as for Nickerson, I have heard that they do have a couple interesting freshmen uh, players this year that could really help them out. So we'll have to wait and see about that. You don't want to, you know, bring up any freshmen until they've got a chance to play a single game, unless their name is like Emily Ryan or something. Yeah. But the uh, the, the thing that the thing I, I, the the side story in all of this is, of course, you know, Nickerson girls coach John McLean coached not only the Bueller girls but also the Bueller boys, and. <laughs> kind of was uh, kind of shown the door by both of those programs. And uh, I know John, he would say all the politically correct things, but boy, I tell you what, if it were me, I, I would be, I would be ready for this one. <laughs> There's a little extra juice, I think for uh, coach McLean in this one. So again, that's, that's a n- girls game only. Bueller and Nickerson on 95.9, 100.3. Very intriguing matchup. Heart of America versus CKL here, Touch Trinity at Haven. Uh, the Haven girls, of course, a fantastic 20-4 and four season last year. They got beat out in sub-state uh, by a really good Halstead team. And, boy, the Haven boys were just as good, 21-3. and three. We had their game at state when they lost in the opening round, 49-44 to St. Mary. Trinity, 14-8 uh, and eight last year uh, in the girls' were 13 and 10, both lost to the Sterling Ball Clubs um, in the sub-state semifinals. Both were pretty handy victories uh, for Sterling. So what do you see in this matchup? We know Haven got hit um, girls' side with graduation pretty good. They got a lot of their boys' team back. Trinity um, had a lot of younger players. Both of their teams, I think, should be pretty good this year. Yeah, I still think the Haven girls are going to be pretty good this year. Uh, they lost, obviously, Faith Paramore to Oral Roberts, you know, one of the truly great basketball players in the state of Kansas last year. But they still got uh, big McGuire Estill, big Mac there in, in the paint there. Uh, you know, I think about Brooke Bronner, uh, who came off the bench and had a good year last year. So they, they, they've got some pieces still uh, for this team this year. And, I, of course, the, the Haven boys might be uh, as good as they were last year, if not better. Uh, Boy, Darby Roper's back, and, of course, he had that tremendous football season. And as for Trinity, you know, Ricky Snyder's done a great job on the girls' side. You know, every year I kind of think, well, you know, this may be kind of a rebuilding year for Trinity. They may not be as good this year. And every year they win double-digit games. They'll win 12, 13, 14, 15 games. So Ricky Snyder's done a fabulous job, I think, down there with uh, with, with Trinity. And, of course, on the boys' side, you know, with uh, the Hammockies back, and I think they, they're building the momentum that they had from the football season. Uh, death will be a little bit of an issue, I think, but I do think that the Trinity boys, uh, I think all four of those programs have, have the potential to have a pretty good year this year. Yeah, those are that is a fantastic doubleheader there on 100.3, and then uh, Kicks Country 106, uh, Marion at Gossel. Uh, Marion, boy, it was a tough year for both girls and boys teams last year. The girls three and 18, the boys went three and 19. Um, on the Gossel side of things, they had a really nice boys season, 15 and nine, got to see them over in regionals um, where they ran into Little River. 
Uh, their girls not so much went three and eighteen last year. Uh, so an interesting, especially on the girls' side of this matchup, a couple of, of teams that that just need a, a feel-good win to get the season started right to kind of shake off last year. Um, on the boys' side, um, I can't remember how senior-laden that Gossel team was, but, but still a pretty interesting matchup there on both sides of the equation. Yeah, it's as you mentioned, you know, sometimes you know when you got a, pro- a program that's struggling and you got the opportunity to win a game, uh, you got to be able to build some momentum whenever you can. So, you know, I, I, I do remember seeing the Marion girls once last year. I think they were very young. They had some decent athletes out there, though. So, and Coach Jason Hester is trying to build something. He had great success building something at Central Christian. So, I, I do think that this is a great opportunity for both uh, for those those teams to try to get out and get a nice early season win for them. So, again, the at Astra schedule on Friday night, 94-7. I'll have Sterling at Hillsboro. Aaron West will have 95-9. Girls game only. Bueller at Nickerson. And Scott Miller will have Trinity at Haven on 100.3. And Lucky Kid with the call of Marion at Gossel. Doubleheader action on Kicks Country 106. Well, we move into Saturday, and oh, it didn't get any better for KU this past uh, Saturday as they fell to 0-8 as they got blasted by a TCU, a game we thought they might have a chance in. That was a 59-23 game. It wasn't that close. Uh, they traveled to Texas Tech, who's now 3-6. and six, But, boy, they gave the Pokes a run for their money. They lost just 50-44 to 44 at number 23, Oklahoma State. So KU out on the road. Well, Brad, it was kind of funny because they were playing when we were driving back from Little River's um, state title win there in Newton. So we had the game on the radio, and it just got bad early. They they had six six or seven true freshmen forced into action. There were some COVID issues. There were some injuries. They were snapping the ball over the head of quarterbacks. They were throwing interceptions. I mean, you, you blinked, and it was 24 to nothing. And I texted you and wondered if this that train wreck was on TV, and you said, yeah, you were sitting there watching it. And then I thought about it. I was still listening to it at the time. Um, I know that all those freshmen were playing. It was they didn't play the week before against Texas, but this thing's getting worse and, and instead of better. I just see I see no improvement from week to week, and that that's I think that's the most disappointing thing for me. That um, unless Miles' second year, that they they've taken a significant step backwards. Yeah, it. it... I just don't see it right now, Scott. It, it would be nice if uh, they could just be in a game at times. Uh, really, other than the Iowa State game, they really haven't been in any games this year. So it's uh, it's it's hard to watch. You know, I think I just kind of watch this to keep my fan card a little bit. And <laughs> but man, it's just, I I just don't know what the answer is. I guess you just have to play out the string and just hope it get, hope it gets better next year. And did they get the Texas game rescheduled? They would have one game remaining. I have not seen. Did they get that back on the schedule? Yeah, they did uh, for uh, uh, sometime this month. I can't remember what weekend exactly, but, yeah, they did get scheduled again. So needless to say, if there's going to be anything other than a goose egg in the win column, it, it, it's going to have to be this week because I just I don't see a tech. Texas has been playing a lot better recently. Yeah, and, of course, Kansas, of course, had the one win over Texas a few years ago, but – there's really, at this point, Scott, nothing that indicates that Kansas is not only not going to win a game this year, but not be, but they're, they're just not going to be competitive at all. 
I I too fear that. Uh, I say it again. If if it is going to be that game's on ninety four seven on Saturday, if it's going to be in the last two, I think it's going to have to be this week against a three and six um, Texas Tech Red Raider team. When we move into uh, Sunday, and the Chiefs are back at home uh, to take on the four and seven Broncos. The Chiefs are now ten and one as they had a 27-24 win um, at Tampa on Sunday. The Broncos <laughs> played with basically without a quarterback <laughs> on Sunday. They couldn't get the game moved back. They had all three of their quarterbacks on the roster out for the game. COVID concerns, the league said, no, you need to play. And it was, it was predictable against the Saints, even though it was at mile high, 31-3, the Saints won. Um, Let's start off with the uh, with the Chiefs game. You know, I watched most of this game. I, I missed some of the third quarter. I was doing a few things outside. This shouldn't have been near this close, Brad. I mean, I know we're sometimes. I think as fans, we nitpick a little bit more instead of people that look from the outside. But um, they dominated this game in the first half. Uh, it was seventeen nothing. And then they, they fumbled the ball away. It looks like they were going in. It should have been probably 24 to nothing or maybe even 28 to nothing because their their first possession, they had two cracks from the one-yard line to score, and they did, and then they chose to kick a field goal. Um, but then they kind of they relaxed a little bit. The offense kind of got stymied a little bit in the second half after that record-setting first quarter. I mean, Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes were just ridiculously good in that first quarter. But the, And then the defense – um, got a little porous, and Tampa got back in this thing. I know it's a still a good road win, but y- you feel like they missed the chance to put this game well away long before they did. Well, it's twenty-seven to ten, and Patrick Mahomes flings the pass to McCole Hardman, who's got no one within fifty yards of him, and he dropped it. I mean, that that would have made it thirty-four to ten, and that's the game right there. And uh, yeah, I. You're happy that they won, and you're happy you got Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and all that. And the defense didn't play bad. It's just one of those things that you kind of feel like that they're living on borrowed time almost, and that they're getting ready just to kind of get punked by somebody. Well, the the defense, I I like the first half because even in the prime of his career, when Tom Brady is under significant pressure, he's below league average in completion percentage under pressure. And they blitz more in that first half than I think I'd seen him in maybe their previous three or four games because Spagnola just doesn't blitz a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And they were making Brady look very old. Uh, he had to get rid of it. He wasn't anywhere close to some receivers. And then, again, they seemed to to stop doing that some in the second half. And I guess I just – the one that irritated me more than anything is uh, I think when it got to be – either the, when it, the touchdown that made it 17 or the one that made it 24, it was like a third down and three. They showed blitz. They backed out of it and rushed only three. Well, what's that <laughs> supposed to do? Keep the ball in front of you. What happened? They got over top for a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> that defeats the entire purpose of a three-man rush uh, <laughs> to keep everything in front of you. And that was the baffling part of some of that play calling. Now, that being said, the aggressive play calling when the Chiefs had the ball late in that fourth quarter to throw it twice to put the game out of reach, you know, because once they did that, the Bron- uh, 
Tampa was out of timeouts and they just knelt down. And, you know, if you don't complete those, of course, they're going to have more time. But I think their thought process was a lot like mine. If, if they gave the ball back to Tampa with any time at all, it was at least going to be overtime mm-hmm. or they were going to lose it. Yeah. Um, so I think that influenced the play calling. And then, of course, Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, they're just sick good. I mean, what they did to them in that first quarter. And, again, Todd Bowles ought to have been run out of town trying to cover – Tyreek Hill without over the safety top help. I mean, I'll take that. I don't care who you're playing. No. You could no. put you could put Deion Sanders back there in his prime trying to cover Tyreek Hill, and I would love to see that matchup as good in prime time was considered the best shutdown corner there ever was to play the game. I still don't know that he could cover as fast as he was. I don't think he could have covered uh, Tyreek Hill for a full game without a little bit of help. Yeah, that's you know you can't do that one on one, and it's just kind of pick your poison almost. I mean, now you, you double team Tyreek, and all of a sudden McCall Hardman's open, or you know maybe you have to one on one with Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's just it, it's a tough offense to stop, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, yeah, when teams only rush three or four and don't blitz and drop all that coverage, Mahomes says, "Fine, I'll take seven or eight at a pop," and he, his maturity in that level, and then that's when they'll try to run the ball some, which they did very little of. Um, against the the Buccaneers, they didn't try to run it really. They used some of their short passes um, as runs. Le'Veon Bell, every time he touches the ball, it seems to get better in this offense. So I like where like where that's going. Um, again, I just would like to see them have that killer instinct to just put things away so it doesn't come down to having to throw the ball on second and third down to get a first down to run the clock out when you when you had a 17 when probably should have been 24 nothing lead in a game yeah then and the the thing is is that you know those other guys like Nicole Hardman they can't they can't drop the passes like they that they have been i mean they've got to you know when Mahomes goes to them they got to be able to make their plays and you know Mahomes he's he's just the kind of guy he's, he he would have trust in you and me out there if if we were his <laughs> teammates you know this is just the kind of guy he is he's going to continue to go to whoever's out there but you gotta be able to you gotta be able to produce when you're out there, otherwise you're of no use to them. Yeah, everybody's got to got to do their part, and again, it's still it's still a good win. They're ten and one. You hope they just they go out and focus in and and put the Broncos away early because I looked at the schedule after that, two more road games, and they're not just road games. They're at Miami, who is much improved. And then at New Orleans, the Saints, I don't know when they think of getting Drew Brees back, but um, Tayshawn Hill is leading that team very well. I mean, they need to take care of business. If they have any chance of catching the Steelers, um, they've, got to, they've, they've got to win those two, and those are going to be tough to win on the road. Yeah, the Chiefs may have to win out just to have a chance. With it. I mean, 15-1 and one may not be good enough. and that, To get the number one seed, that's incredible to say, but it may not be. And we don't know, um, with more and more COVID issues popping up amongst teams, um, that eight-team playoff, I think, is getting closer and closer to being a reality. And they push back how many times now the, the Ravens-Steelers, it was supposed to be Thanksgiving night, and it was going to be Sunday, then it was Tuesday, now it's Wednesday. Um, so that's juggling, pushing more games back, and if that continues to happen, 
that eight game schedule could come into play and then nobody would have a bye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I think six teams is perfect. Yeah. And we know for sure it's going to be seven this year um, and possibly could be eight. But again, that's Chiefs and Broncos on Sunday. Well, our final segment tonight, usually where we do final thoughts, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, most of you know that last week there was the much-anticipated Keisha meeting regarding uh, winter sports because there had been a proposal on the table to not start any winter sports until January 15th. Well, uh, the outcome, I'm not going to go into great detail from that meeting was basically we're going to have pretty much a normal winter sports season, at least to start. Um, the only thing is there's a moratorium or a dead period in there between December 23rd and January 3rd, where there's no team activities. You can resume practices on the 4th and meets games, however you want to call it, if it's wrestling or basketball, on January 8th, and you are still, um, we cover basketball, Brad, um, able to play a 20-game schedule. Um, we're not anticipating any midseason tournaments this year. I just think being in January, that's just not going to happen. The teams are able to try to play 20 games, and hopefully um, with a couple bumps in the road maybe for a team, you still get 15 or 16 games in. Um, the other big thing that came out of that, no fans through effectively the end of January. They list January 28th, but I think that takes you through um, a Friday of, of a game week. So it would be February before they would consider um, uh, maybe a limited fan attendance. So first, let's get your um, reaction to that. Well, I mean, it's better than the alternative that we saw in the spring with nothing. Um, yeah. The more, I, the more I think about it, the more I kind of wish at the very least maybe that they would allow – um, it, it, I, I think if you want to put like a stop on visiting fans coming in, because I think that's ultimately maybe what the concern is, is, you know, mingling fans from multiple communities, but maybe at the very least, I, I, I kind of think about this that maybe allow fans, you know, maybe two for, per player for the home team. And then maybe like 50 students or something like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I know I'm, I'm trying to push it a little bit here, but. I don't know. It just it'd be nice to see these kids playing in front in front of fans at some point, even if that means that maybe hey, no visiting fans, but we can have a limited number of home fans there, or at least you know the idea of okay, each uh, student gets two tickets per game per home game, so right. at least you know maybe maybe mom and dad can come to the first one, and then um, grandma and grandpa can come to the second game or a combination thereof. Yeah, I was. I was relieved when I saw the season was still going to be pretty much a, a regular season. I was very relieved um, to see that, that they weren't going to penalize, penalize the kids this winter. But I, I was, I was disappointed. And, and who's to say that um, we get to the first of February and Keisha says, well, there's, we still think it's a little too dangerous. We're, we're not going to have fans. Um, we'll reevaluate when substates are. I, I could see that happening very easily. Yeah, yeah I could too. And, I think when we get closer to substate, hopefully, hopefully we're in a better place. If not from a, you know, if maybe from a vaccine standpoint, so just hopefully we're in a better place by then where this, we can start uh, mingling fans back into the uh, gyms and in the arenas. Well, yeah, it's going to be different for us. We're going to be in there. There'll be, a, there'll be some people they're allowing, like I, I, 
I think somebody read it to me like uh, cheerleaders, dance teams, you know, bus drivers. Um, but most everybody that is there is going to be kind of working in some capacity. So uh, we're going to be sitting in some some really empty stands, uh, and that's that will be very different for us. But uh, we will do our best to bring all that action to you. And, and Brad and I thought um, with everything that's gone on here and basically the last eight to ten months, this would be a great time to get perspective for somebody that's been right in the thick of this. And um, Brad had a chance to sit down with uh, Miles Thompson. He's a three-sport athlete. Um, they're at Hutch High, and he has a great perspective on um, what happened uh, last spring and what is happening this year uh, around the state for high school athletics. All right, Scott. Well, I am now pleased to be joined by Hutchinson High School three-sport athlete, Miles Thompson. Miles is a senior uh, quarterback for the football team, which had a remarkable season this fall in winning a conference championship and going 8-2. and two. He's a forward for the basketball team, and being six foot seven, obviously he's a first baseman for the baseball team, also playing some outfield and pitching a little bit. We figured with everything that's gone on in the past year with Keisha, uh, it would be good to get the perspective of a three-sport athlete. And Miles was at Beeler last, last year when the state tournament was cut, was cut short, although Beeler lost in the first round. I'm sure Miles uh, had friends from other teams and saw their season and state championship dreams cut short. And... Then he obviously didn't get a baseball season. Then he transferred to Hutch, and where he played in front of some uh, crowds this fall, sparse crowds. They were limited uh, pretty much every game. And then uh, this winter, they, sports are supposed to start as scheduled, although it looks like that there will not be any fans until late January. So, uh, first of all, Miles, thanks for joining us, and uh, congratulations on a great football season, first of all. Oh, thank you. You know, it, it was disappointing to see because, you know, it was obviously only going to be two more days that they needed to play to finish them. And, uh, you know, we had some guys from our uh, AAU travel team that were still playing that, you know, didn't get a finish. And they, they had just they, they had just won a big first round game. So they were excited. And it, it just it, it sucked for everybody. And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't think anybody realized it was going to, you know, go on this long. But, uh um, yeah, it was it was disappointing. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of kids were uh, were let down by that, and it was it it was it was a dis- it was a disappointing thing for for just everybody. There's no really there's really no no way to get around. You know, just how how bad it was for everyone. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, you being a three sport athlete, I know you you stay active during the summer. I mean, it's pretty much all you know is is sports and being active and all that. And then comes springtime, and they didn't waste a lot of time in canceling the entire spring sports season and hindsight knowing what we know now I think it was I don't think anybody would doubt that it was a mistake to cancel spring sports I think we could have easily played uh, in some capacity but do do you remember what that was like for you because uh, you know you're over at Beeler and they were supposed to have a very good baseball team and you know not only did the state tournament for all your friends get cut short uh, but now all of a sudden there's no spring baseball season uh yeah it was (laughs) it was uh it was just it was a weird time yeah we we uh we were supposed to you know have a have a really good baseball team they we they returned a lot of guys you know and uh coming in i was excited you know we were supposed to probably be probably be the heavy favorites and you know it, I, I would agree and it uh it it didn't we didn't get to play the season so that was disappointing because definitely thought that that was a good chance you know to you know be a part of 
probably a championship team or a team that was going to get close. And, uh, it was just disappointing, but it was a weird time and it, it got canceled. And then you just, you didn't really, cause you know, the schools weren't prepared to really give you a great online experience. So you didn't, you just had a lot of free time that you didn't really know how to use cause you couldn't leave. <laughs> it was, it was, it was super odd. Well, being the uh, parent of a Hutchinson High School uh, spring sport athlete myself, um, it, it was definitely a strange time and just kind of locked away for a couple of months. And, you know, you you, you still have, have started your senior year, but you had some uh, teammates and friends in the spring who didn't get so lucky with their senior season. Do you remember having conversations with those guys on, on the baseball team in the spring? And, and whether it was Bueller or friends from, from another team, uh, how what, what was it like for them? Um. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of my a lot of my Bueller guys were disappointed because they were just, you know, they they'd been to the championship the year before, and they obviously wanted to, you know, get it done this, uh, get it done, you know, the year after. And you know, I had guys from three on six where I played in the summer that were disappointed because they also felt like they had a good chance to make runs. It was just everyone was just kind of I don't know. It was like it it didn't feel real for a while because you know just all those all those athletes in the spring. You know, you had you had track people uh you know girls soccer just everyone every you had some i think tennis plays and and everyone uh you know it was just it was hard to see all the all the sports because all all the all the people that play those spring sports love you know just love love playing and it, it was just hard to you know see their season get canceled when you felt like you they probably could still be playing you know we just and and then everything gets just shut down there's no no competition whatsoever let's let's go back to this to uh the last winter and you guys had uh when you were at Bueller uh you guys played in the state tournament and then the state tournament was cut short even though uh you had uh Bueller had lost in the first round I'm sure you had friends from other teams who were playing in the semifinals so what was that like uh as a basketball player because that could have easily been you and, and your teammates uh what was that like uh seeing those uh state tournaments cut short like that and then when things kind of picked up a little bit in the summertime, you know, for whether it was AAU basketball, MAYB basketball, summer baseball, whatever it was, weights, I know was start, started up in the summer. And I think the schools and all the, uh, you know, youth organizations did a pretty good job, I think, of keeping people safe, doing what they had to do to get the competitions in. I know my son played a lot of baseball over the summer, and uh, they they had the uh, one of the state Pap Dumont baseball tournaments in, uh, in Hutch, and I, I got to work a couple of the days there. I know they did a pretty good job so that I, I was encouraged that, you know, fall sports would probably at least start. So, and, and obviously Hutchinson high school uh, was one of the rare teams that play in every game. Uh, your game with Derby, unfortunately got canceled, but you guys did get a chance to play and over at least. So going into the season, was there, I mean, were you guys kind of looking over your shoulder a little bit wondering, you know, is the season going to get shut down or it was it just something you figured, Hey, at least we're out here and let's just see how long we can go. Um, well, if, I mean, if you, if you talk to coach Vernon, he, he'll, he'll say even, you know, he, he thought he, he almost thought during the summer at times when he was telling us that he was telling us for sure we'd play, he thought in his head, he was saying that, you know, he probably thought there was no chance that we were going to play. So, um, but he, he did a good job, you know, keeping our guys, you know, thinking that we were going to play, you know, every week really. And then, um, obviously, uh, we, you know, we just ended up getting every game in, which was rare in the fall. A lot of teams missed a few here and there. And then the one we got canceled, um, Armstrong was right on it to get us a new game, which obviously that sucks, especially seeing 
uh, what Derby did now and, you know, thinking that would have been one of our top games, you know, playing Mays and playing them, two best teams in the league. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, we, we, we were being cautious about stuff, you know, everyone, everyone, you know, was, we, people, coaches were on people to wear their masks and everything. We were inside and, uh, you know, we were, we were cautious, but also, uh, you know, we, it had a little luck involved. You know, we, we were happy to be able to get through, not, not missing any games. It was, it was big time for us. We're, I'm just happy that we got it to happen. Yeah, I mean, given the choice between the spring and the fall, obviously you'll take the fall. Does a part of you, I'm sure a part of you is disappointed from this perspective in that we all know, you know, the, the great history of Hutchinson High School football, especially this century, winning seven state championships. And the last couple of seasons were obviously a struggle going two and seven, two and seven. But this year you guys go eight and two, win a conference title. And I go back to those last three games you guys played against Mays, Newton, and Bishop Carroll. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they're all at home. And limited fans but boy it should have been almost a packed house each night because Mays was a high caliber game newton's a rivalry in a first round playoff game and then bishop carroll that's two blue bloods playing each other in the postseason so while i know that you're happy you got the season in was there a part of you that was disappointed that you didn't get like the full you know the, the crowd experience that is, is that has been so well known in hutchinson on friday nights uh yeah i um that was uh, honestly a big thing that we talked about um that uh that we didn't get is we were talking about, you know, as we got in the playoff, you're like, imagine, cause you know, Hutch and Carroll used to play in big games. They're like, imagine, uh, imagine the crowd that we have at these games. And, you know, it was, it was tough because, you know, and, and you play all, all regular season for, you know, a high seed so we can play at home and it just, it didn't happen. And I mean, it, it, it we, we got the high seed, but you know, it didn't really, it didn't really matter, especially when middle of the season, they changed the capacity because, the twenty five percent they had, I mean, when we when we had twenty five percent, it was it was pretty good, you know. We we weren't playing at our top at our top level that early in the season against May South. We still found ways to pull out, you know. When we beat May South the first time, it was kind of an ugly one, and 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 Newton, and we had only twenty five percent, but that was even a solid advantage. But yeah, a little disappointed that we didn't get the get the full full capacity. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad that people still followed us and you know watched the streams and that we were able to kind of turned it around but it 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 definitely uh it was definitely a little bit disappointing and i feel like maybe some of those games could have been different with with a full crowd i mean no doubt if you had a, any kind of say in the situation you know like, like let's say there's some kind of like a, an athletes you know commission or something like that where uh you know Keisha got your guys's opinion uh what would you say to Keisha regarding you know, the no fans. I mean, would you tell them to reconsider it or, you know, what, what would you say to Keisha if you had the opportunity to? Uh, I definitely want to reconsider it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, if people want to come to the games, I'd, I'd like to be able to come to the games. And, 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 but I, I also, you know, I respect people who, who also just, I, I respect people who think that we should limit, limit crowds. You know, I, I've been one of the people that's like, well, if they want to come, let them come. They, but, also, I get why people why people think the other way. So I, I get that, but I also think that you know we could, if we could, you know, meet in the middle of it and you know get a certain amount of tickets. And our, I mean, definitely here in Hush, I mean, our our gym's big enough to hold a crowd where you could you could distance people and still have. I mean, you could still have a, you could mark seats and still have quite a, I mean, a good a good amount of people in the gym and 
it, it, it sucks that they're not really thinking about doing that. I'm interested to see what they'll do whenever uh, hopefully that date comes and we can actually have fans, but we'll see about that. But I just know a lot of people are, you know, let down. A lot of parents are let down. Students, you know, friends that want to come and see, especially their friends play in their last season, you know, and it'll fans and only be they'll only be able to see about four games, maybe five games at home if you get a playoff game. But yeah, it seems like that uh, you know the all or nothing mentality. I, I've never been a fan of that. I, I agree with you, Miles. I think that there's some room in between to you know to come to. Uh, you mentioned the fans and all that. What would you like to say to uh, you know the Salt Talk fans? Um, you know, who were, who would come watch you guys play, especially the students. I know the students always have a grand time at these games. So what would you like to say to the fans and to the students? Yeah, I tell you what, that, the, those uh, last few games with Mays, Newton, and Carroll, uh, boy, if you guys had had a regular crowd, it probably would have been near capacity each week. And, uh, of course, it, again, it beats the alternative. But, uh, you know, going into the winter time now, K, uh, the Kansas State High School Activities Association has decided that winter sports can happen just without crowds until at the earliest late January. Now, I know that you're a sports fan and uh, you've you know watched plenty of NFL. You're a big Broncos guy. You like the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm sure you keep up with college basketball. Have you watched many of these games where the crowds, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if the Broncos are allowed to have uh, fans, but, you know, I just watched, uh, you know, the Kansas-Kentucky game, Kansas-Gonzaga, and they're playing in empty gyms. I mean, have you looked at any of those games where there's been uh, no, no fans present and, and realized that that's exactly what you guys are going to be doing here? Yeah, I, I, I have. And, you know, it's it's disappointing because I, I definitely feel like, you know, it's it's I definitely feel like it it's it's easy. It would be a little easier to, to distance gyms. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm glad that we're playing. But, yeah, it it's exactly what we're going to be doing. It's a little it's a little odd. I mean. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be quiet, which they do put the crowd noise on in those places, which, which I think helps, I think would help a lot if they, if they could do that, but I, I don't know what they're going to do, but, uh, um, I'm just, I'm glad to be playing. It's definitely, you're, you're, we're going to have to get out there and, you know, get used to it. I, I mean, kind of, kind of just, you know, feel it out and then just, just start playing and hopefully create some of our own energy. Um, Maybe some of those JV and freshman players will be around to cheer something the side. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, I love I love the fans. You know, I, I think it's 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 just awesome to you know see people you know come behind us. Like you know they they, they did in football. They 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 uh you know they came out and supported when they could, and then the capacity got changed, and you know they were watching from home. People you know people were talking about us, and uh, you know it's always been you know growing up it was always a dream to you know be able to play here. And I, I was able to, you know, not the exact normal way, but I was able to live it out this year. And then uh, um, I'm going to be able to live it out in the winter, not in the exact same way and and for a while and maybe get some fans towards the end of the year. But, you know, I, I'm I'm just happy that, you know, everyone's able to rally around us and, you know, we win games and give the, give the town something to cheer for. And uh, I appreciate the people who come out and, and watch us and the students. You know the students. The students are great. You know because the students care. The students care about you know other activities that are going on. You know, and if they're not a part of it, you know they want to see people that come from where they come from, people that are they're friends with, do well. And I think that's the, the coolest thing about it. And and I think it's 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 cool that you know people who maybe don't have uh, a tie to the team that still just know that are seeing kids come up in the town that they're from, support and uh, 
you know, I'm glad people watch the streams and, and all that. And, and, and hopefully if, if there's a chance to make it out to the game towards the end of the year, they can, but, uh, I'm just glad that everyone supported us, you know, no matter what. And I, I just, I appreciate people so much for supporting us because, you know, everyone in, fo- in football, and I, and I know it'll be the same way in basketball. Everyone talks about, you know, how how much support they get from people, you know, outside um, of of the pro of the program and in the town, and uh, you know, it means a lot for people to you know be paying attention. Well, we've been speaking with uh, Hutchinson High School three sport athlete Miles Thompson. He's getting ready to start his basketball season with the Salt Hawks uh, coming up. Uh, Miles, appreciate your time, and you know, best of luck to you this Thank season. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, back to you, Scott. Well, that was a great interview there Brad had with Miles Thompson. So a big thank you to Miles for uh, being our first guest here on View from the Press Box. And, and good luck to him and the Hutch Salthawks this winter and spring. Well, again, the uh, schedule for um, this Friday and Saturday, uh, full slate of high school basketball on Friday night, 94-7. I'm going to have the call of Sterling at Hillsborough. Girls game only on 95.9, Bueller at Nickerson, 100.3, doubleheader action, Trinity at Haven, and also doubleheader action on Kicks Country 106, Marion at Gossel. And Saturday, you can hear KU and Texas Tech uh, in football, and also KU and North Dakota State in basketball. Well, big thank you again to Miles Thompson. And as always, to Brad Hallier and for this week's View from the Press Box, this is Scott Hogan. God bless. Have a great evening.